When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yo, what's going on, Fantasy Football family? We're back for another episode of Off the Line Fantasy Football Podcast, episode 34. Welcome back. Welcome back. I am one of the hosts, Eugene. You can find me on Twitter at at Fantasy Genes, that's G-E-N-E-S. You can also follow our official Twitter handle at Off the Line FF. And as always, I am joined by the other host of the show, Ike. How are you doing today, man? Good, good. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to, you know, it's July 20th, and a lot of teams have reported to training camp. They're started to report to training camp. So that that uh we're 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 you know, the, the football season is coming around the corner, and I couldn't be more excited. Could not be more no. excited. So it's, it's just the start. Finally, yeah, finally. You know, training camp is 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 here. It's upon us, and we're going to start seeing a lot of these um, you know off season narratives come to fruition, whether baseless or not. Yeah, you know, we've seen a lot of them. A lot of them. It's it, it, you know it was silly season over the last couple of months. <laughs> so hopefully, you know, all, a lot of that stuff is going to come to a head, and we're really going to start seeing the real, like the real stuff, uh, start yeah. start to start to take shape. Yeah, you know, it's a it's always a lull around around May May to May to July. You got to you got to fill up the time with something. So uh, you know, you got the you know the Jimmy G finally. Coming out uh, at San Francisco, saying that he can finally go out and get traded. Um, I know you got the random Deshaun Deshaun news every day. Somebody has a new a new outlook in terms of how many games he's going to get suspended for. Uh, and then we finally even uh, heard J.K. Dobbins come out and speak out about when he thinks he's going to be able to play. So uh, you got reporters saying that he's not going to be ready week one, and then he comes out immediately and says, "Oh no, I'm a, I'm going to be out there week one." So. It, it's wild times in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, that that that, that last J.K. Dobbins report uh, that that was that was pretty that was pretty funny because we again we haven't heard anything about about any of the Ravens running backs and how their rehab is going and then all of a sudden yep. you know Ian Rappaport gets dunked on from his report <laughs> saying oh well J J.K. Dobbins is not a lock for Week One we don't know what's going to happen and then J.K. Dobbins decides you know what I'm tired of this I'm about to use my voice. Come, come, come to me as the source. Come to me as the source. <laughs> yeah. This is what this is what it is. I'll be ready for week one. And hey, look, his uh, his confidence should be applauded because these are these are world class athletes, and they think they can run through a brick wall every single time. So they think they're more ready than they really are. I mean, we'll see. We'll see whenever whenever Trinity happens. Um, he's. I mean, he he thinks he's going to be ready for week one. I know the the. The staff over there is hasn't really hasn't said those same sentiments. You, we've already heard Harbaugh saying like, "Hey, I mean, we'll see." He's not going to be there playing in the, any preseason game. So your get your guess is better than mine. I don't know. I don't know what to believe. So yeah, this show we're going to be 
We're going to be highlighting players that we're looking to avoid uh, for this upcoming 2022 season. And, you know, Ike, I'm going to let you go first and talk about players that uh, your first player that you're looking to avoid. And keep in mind, guys, when y'all listen to our our players that we avoid, it could be because of just, you know, the ADP currently. It could be the situation. It could be uh, the numbers. It could be a, a, a number of things that we might come up with in terms of why we're going to be looking to avoid this player. So hopefully we clear it, or we, we make that clear to y'all when we when we go down and talk about each player that we have on our list. So I go ahead, you know, get us started off. Yeah, and then, you know the first guy that we wanted to talk about, we just briefly dis- discussed him. It's J.K. Dobbins. You know, J.K. Dobbins currently going off the board as the RB twenty one, and you know, right now, based on everything that we've heard, we're despite you know, and, and despite what J.K. Dobbins came out and said that he's going to be ready for week one, we don't we don't know that for a fact. You know, he is recovering from not just a not just a isolated ACL tear, but you know, he had an ACL tear, MCL tear. And there was some damage uh, done laterally. It's one of the lateral ligaments as well. So it's not your average, um, you know, ACL tear. It's not your standard nine months, nine month recovery time frame, um, regardless of what people may think. So this is a little bit this 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 healing would be a little bit longer. And he may say that his rehab is going well. His rehab is ahead of schedule. Like all of these <laughs> recoveries from ACLs seem to be right. I mean, that's that's all we hear every single time that. Somebody, you know, get, we get a report about an ACL, you know, an ACL uh, recovery going. It's always ahead of schedule. But in in, in the case of J.K. Dobbins, um, the the, R, the the price of the RB twenty one. I mean, that's that's relatively that's that's kind of rich for me. It's kind of rich, and that's about it's going off the board around you know pick fifty eight. So that's like the fifth or sixth round. Um, you know, no, normally if he was not going, if he was not recovering from an ACL tear and everything was you know kosher everything was clear then maybe we would like to you know draft him at that price but he's going ahead of guys like elijah mitchell antonio gibson miles sanders guys all guys that i like this year um and um i I would probably take those guys over jk dobbins um at that price and at that adp so um i i'm i'm not leaving i'm not going to be leaving many drafts this fall uh with with uh with jk dobbins especially based on everything that we've been hearing so what do you think about that gene um, I actually co-signed that, I think, uh, with all your points and it just to even highlight in terms of the, the, the extent of his injury, uh, we usually see running backs recover from, you know, ACL, LCL tears, you know, around the nine to the 12 month mark. But generally you don't see them get to like fully, you know, fully comfortable in terms of cutting and just being used to getting hit and all that other stuff until year two of, of their injury. Uh, I mean, for for recent memory, we just saw uh, Saquon. Even though it wasn't knee related, it was still he dealt with he dealt with a high ankle sprain, uh, and he didn't. I mean, he looked good at moments. He, there was a couple games he looked good, and then um, he had the high ankle sprain and he got hurt. Uh, and then I mean, we've seen other instances where players they come back after that ACL MCL tear and they just don't they don't give you back the production that you're expecting. So unless you're eight yeah, unless you're AP. So uh, usually I, I I like to play the waiting game for those type of players, and I'll just wait till year two to to go and and, and grab them in in, in my draft. So and the quick note, your first one. Yeah, and the quick note about just the the year two the year two uh, time time frame. Think think back to Dalvin Cook, right? When he tore his ACL in 2017, his rookie year, 
2018, he, you know, he wasn't really himself. He had a hamstring injury and things of that nature. He started to ramp up towards the end of this end of that season, but it wasn't until 2019 where he really had that true breakout year. That that was when he, you know, he was able to stay healthy for the vast majority of the season and he had, you know, he was he was ripping it up. So, you know, we 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 tend to trust those types of guys. So Saquon Barkley this year is gonna be on high on everybody higher on everybody's draft boards, including ours. So J.K. Dobbins' first year out of ACL, uh, ACL off the ACL injury, I, I'm probably going to be avoiding him in most drafts. Yeah. All right. So my first player is uh, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, right now he's going QB two, uh, which is about the 30th overall pick. So basically at the end of the third, uh, well mid third round. Uh, this is based off sleeper ADP right now that I'm, I'm talking about. Um, you know that's the type of ADP. That I'm not really, I'm not really indulged to to draft him. Uh, you know, last year he had his lowest yards per attempt, the most attempts, passing attempts in his career. He had also the most interceptions in his career. Uh, we saw a lot of teams play cover two, uh, a lot of high high cover two shell, and they were forced to dump the ball off and work their way up the field. Uh, when they first got introduced to that, uh, I believe it was the Titans game. I mean, they just looked out of sorts. Like they didn't know what to do, how to how to attack it. Uh, as they got pro- uh, propelled throughout the season, they got a little more comfortable with it. But you can see Pat Mahomes; he was turning the ball over a lot, a lot of dink and dunk. Uh, I believe uh, a lot of passes to Tyreek was was around the line of scrimmage. Uh, as we saw in his on his podcast, he was he was complaining about them not using him right. They wanted he wanted to get the deep ball, even though it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't suitable for them to throw deep because how are you going to throw deep when you got two people on you and they're forty yards uh, they're defending the field forty yards off the line of scrimmage as soon as they say hut so it didn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Pat Mahomes, he, even though through all this, he still finished uh, QB five in terms of uh, fantasy scoring purposes per P, uh, player profiler. He had uh, forty dangerous plays which was fifth most in the league, which is plays that could have resulted in a turnover, uh, which was almost double uh, that that total from last year. Uh, like I've already stated, he lost Tyreek already, and now he just has a bunch of wide receivers uh, through draft or through free agency that they're trying to fill fill this void that Tyreek has left. Um, you, you're relying on somebody like Juju who played, what, four games last year, uh, MVS. He he was in and out of lineup last year. He's just mainly a deep ball threat. you uh, rookie wide receiver and Sky Moore and Nicole uh, Hardman, who they've been waiting on to do anything outside mm-hmm. of you know just feel a jersey. Uh, <laughs> all these th- all these things <laughs> put together, I just I just don't believe that Pat Mahomes will will return that QB two uh, draft capital that you're that you potentially spend on him. So that's my first avoid uh, for this episode. Uh, you got anything to add, or do you think that I'm wrong? What, what you got? No, I mean that's that's spot on. I mean he's basically being priced as if he still has Tyreek Hill, right? I mean that's yeah. I think that's 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 the that's the underlying theme here, and you know they, they there's a lot of confidence in Patrick Mahomes to just do whatever because you know he's Pat Mahomes. We've seen him you know operate at a high level at a high clip. I think without Tyreek Hill, he's around 20, 21, 22 fantasy points per game. So I mean that's 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 pretty good, right? That's that's pretty solid, but at the same time. I, I can't pay that. I can't pay that price uh, for you know. Uh, and I don't really. I'm not really from the school from the uh, from the school of taking quarterbacks early as it is. I mean, unless it's Josh Allen or 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 Lamar Jackson or Justin Herbert. Um, I 
you know, I, I would probably I, I would be less inclined to take Mahomes this year, especially since he lost Tyreek Hill. And I just don't know, you know, how you know how that production is going to be replaced, especially with the receivers that they have. It's going to be Travis Kelsey, and then they effectively have a bunch of Jags um, at receiver outside of um, outside of you know Sky Moore, who's 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 going to be a pretty talented, who's a pretty talented rookie. You know, coming out of school, so um, and McCall Hartman, who hasn't done anything in the league yet, although he did have a career high eighty three targets. Who knows? Maybe he can build on that. I, I'm not. I, I don't have too much confidence in that, but we'll see. Uh, we'll see. But yeah, no, you're you're spot on. Th- you know, thirty first overall pick on Patrick Mahomes without Tyreek Hill. Um, no, I, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good on that. <laughs> who's your Who's your next player that you want to avoid? And we want to keep the, the same theme going with the with the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, one of his wide receivers, one of his new wide receivers, uh, Juju Smith Schuster. Um, I, I think I don't I don't think I'm going to have any Juju Smith Schuster this offseason. Uh, currently going off the board as the wide receiver, 27. So that's around you know 56 overall. That is that is a ridiculously steep price for a guy that has not been good in several years. Um, you know, he has a declining yards per route run over the last three years, 1.68, 1.32. And then most recently in 2021, I know he only played four games, small sample size, but it was 0.92. And that ranked outside of the <laughs> outside of the top 80, and which was that's 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 terrible. Um, you know, over his last 21, like fully healthy games. So if you just go back to 2021 or go back to 2020, he played 16 games. His yards per reception is 8.6, 8.6. His last 21 healthy games, so he averaged exactly 8.6 yards per yards per reception in the four games that he played last year, or five games he played last year, and in the previous 16 games that he played in 2020, where he had 97 catches for under 900 yards. Um, and he was, and, and the main thing that's kind of saved him that year was was the touchdowns, but he was not he was not relatively efficient at all. So, and I think I think what a, a lot of what it is with Juju Smith-Schuster is that people are still kind of living off of his 2018 and the brand equity that he established at that time, where he, you know, he had a, a huge breakout, um, you know, a huge breakout sophomore campaign over 1,400 yards and over 100 catches, and that was obviously with Antonio Brown on the other side of him, you know, drawing, you know, drawing, um, you know, drawing attention away from him. So he was able to operate freely. You know, as 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 a number two, not facing the elite corners or facing extra safety attention or extra just extra attention from the defense. And now, like he's you know, he's going to be automatically, you know, shoot in as as the number one guy because because of what? I mean, there's really nothing to indicate that there's really nothing to indicate that his teammate Marquez Valdez Scantling signed for, you know, for basically three times his salary. So. Marquez Valdez is making ten million, and Juju's only making up to three million. And so, just by, just by virtue of that, I mean that that's another it's another red flag. And you know, again, I mentioned he's wide receiver twenty seven, so he's going ahead of guys like Darnell Mooney, you know, Amon Ross St. Brown, Russell Gage, Elijah Moore, Adam Thielen, like all these guys, I would take ahead of Juju, like easily take ahead of Juju without without hesitation. So um, Juju in the sixth round, uh, that's that is the ultimate fate for me. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that's a little rich for for Juju uh, just coming into a new situation, uh, learning a new offense, uh, playing in the same areas as, as Travis Kelsey potentially. So um, 
I think, again, this is one of those cases where you get a, a, a free agent wide receiver going to a new situation. Generally, those don't those don't usually turn out in your favor in terms of you know fantasy points per game and how a wide receiver finishes, uh, unless they're like really elite. Uh, like you know, Stephon Diggs is the last last notable one that's that I can think of that's left left and joined a new team before the season started. He just goes out and just flourishes right away. So um, DeAndre Hopkins did too. When oh, yeah, so. yeah. But, oh, but yeah, keep in mind those, those guys were traded. Those guys were traded. Yeah, away. yeah. Um, but DeAndre but, was traded in midseason. Yes, but even yeah. still, like you generally don't see a flourish like what D Hop did. Um, so yeah, you know. Um, I mean, I, I I like Juju, but I, at, at that price, I had. We I know had you like I would, I, I would wait. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely I would, wait. I would, I would definitely wait. I I I mean, I wouldn't even just wait. I just wouldn't even. He he would just. So if if I'm if I'm going off of like a cheat sheet in drafts, like he would just be red. Like his name, I I, I would <laughs> I would just I would just blank his name out because I would just make sure that I don't even get tempted to draft him. Like that's how okay. that's how much I'm fading him this year. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I just, I, I just, I just can't do it, and especially, when, especially in got you know guys going in that range, you know, you know, around fifty plus overall. Like, hell, I mean, it, you know, you you have Lamar Jackson, you got Kyler Murray. If you if you haven't taken a quarterback yet, take some of the take a quarterback. Jalen Hurts going all going in that same range as Juju Smith Schuster. Um, I would take those guys over him. You know, there's plenty of other players and other value that you can mine at that particular spot. Uh, should you be drafting at that spot um, other than drafting Juju? Because that would just be, you know, a uh, that, that's a landmine that I'm that I'm going to be stepping around uh, every time I draft. <laughs> so, OK, so question for you. So would you take uh, Chris Olave over Juju? Probably so, because he probably because, you know, what, what you what you see with rookie wide receivers over the last several years is that they turn up in the second half of the year. They They usually start having blow up games. And you know Chris Olave's, you know biggest asset is is going deep and how smooth he is on, on those deep routes. And Jameis Winston is is the ultimate D gaff quarterback, so he'll throw it up, he'll throw deep. <laughs> and you know I, I I would like I like his I like his upside, and I like you know the the, the prospects of a rookie wide receiver potentially eating at the, the second half of the year um, over over a guy like Juju. That's not going to really return that much value. Okay. Okay. I just I just wanted to see see how far you would you would go, but it looks like you're really going you really going down there. Um, yeah, and also about, like, and sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say, what about what about uh, somebody like Christian Watson, who's going at wide receiver forty eight? Um, I, he's probably not even the wide receiver I would take in in, in Green Bay, so um, I'd probably go with Juju before him, uh, but. Okay. Uh, he's he's probably he's not even the wide receiver that I would take in Green Bay, and we'll, we're going to talk about another another wide receiver in Green Bay here uh, here on, on during the show. But um, yeah, I, I, that that might be where I would draw the line around, okay. around the around the range that he's going, around the range that Christian Watson's going. I might draw the okay. line there. But, okay. Um, but yeah. Okay. But no. To, but but I was getting ready to say that you know he, he, even. Even where Marquez Valdez Scantling is going, like I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't see too much of a a, a difference. I, I don't know why the, the the ADP gap is so wide between those two. Yeah, I, I do agree with you there. I, I don't I know. Do I don't see why there. that. I don't see why there's such you know such a 
a wide disparity there, you know, because Juju is what wide receiver twenty seven, and then you got you got MBS all the way down is wide receiver forty four, so ninety first overall versus fifty sixth overall. Like that doesn't make sense to me. That just does not make sense to me. That that gap should be a lot closer, in yeah. my opinion. All right. So my next player that I'm looking to avoid is Damian Harris, running back for the New England Patriots. Uh, right now, his sleeper ADP is already is RB28, which is going around mid six, which is comfortably in the RB dead zone. Um, this running back does not catch any passes. I know last year we saw him be hella efficient in the red zone. He had 13 touchdowns in uh, 44 red zone carries, which was about 30% uh, conversion rate, which is ridiculous uh, <laughs> for anybody, for anybody, let alone somebody that doesn't catch any ball. So, uh, again, last year his usage sucked. He was 42nd in, in snap share, 33rd in opportunity share, uh, 44th in yards created per touch. Uh you know, just a running back. He just he just runs the ball. That's it. He just first and second down plotter. Honestly, um, not somebody that I'm t- typically interested in when I'm looking for running backs on my fantasy teams. I, I need them to be a little more versatile than you know carrying the ball 200 times and like 10 and then 10 catches. 42 uh, percent of his fantasy points came from uh, rushing touchdowns, mm. which is a crazy number. Uh, and he but he did finish the RB 14 last year uh, with. I mean, you know, with all those touchdowns that pretty much propelled him to to that finishing. Uh, just to keep in mind, there's players players that had at least 150 rushing attempts in uh, in in previous seasons, and they had at least a 30 percent uh, rate in terms of how much fantasy points were were created from touchdowns. Uh, we had Latavius Murray in 2017 with 31 percent. Uh, and he was only RB25 for that season. And then the following season, he finished at RB38. Uh, mm-hmm. Derrick Henry in 2018 had 36% of his fantasy points come from touchdowns. He finished RB16. Uh, the following season, he finished at RB5. Uh, Todd Gurley was uh, RB14 with a 32% touchdown uh, rate in terms of uh, fantasy points that, that uh, percentage. And he finished the next season at RB29. Nick mm. Chubb touchdowns uh, accounted for 34% of his fantasy uh, points per game or fantasy total. He finished at RB11, and then the next season finished again at RB11. So uh, pretty much a 50% hit rate in terms of finishing higher than you did the previous season. Uh, for me, I'll take my chances that he finishes below for RB14. So, uh, And then on top of all this, you got talk of them using Stevenson even more than they did last year. And then mm-hmm. you got James. Then you got James White. We don't know if he's going to be ready to go. But and then they drafted two running backs on top of that. So it's just a bunch of cooks in the kitchen. I don't know how or who's going to be calling the plays. But I mean, the talk of Stevenson mixed with you know these fifty percent rate of of running backs finishing higher than they did the the, the next season after accounting for at least thirty percent of their of their. Uh, Touchdowns. I mean, I I I want to avoid Damian Harris. So, you got anything to add to that? No, I, I like I like that one a lot. Um, I I actually love Ramondre Stevenson. Ramondre Stevenson a little bit later um, than than Damian Harris because he's gonna he. There's talk of him being able to 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 talk talk of him getting on the field on third downs and being able to catch passes. So I actually like him a lot. But back to Damian Harris though, like he's 
You know, he was only 18th in fantasy points um, per game, but despite having all those touchdowns, that's a concern, right? I mean, you know, if, you, if you're not catching passes and you're relying on touchdowns, you're a risky pick, especially in the middle rounds. And that's, again, you know, you, whenever you're taking shots at, at throwing darts at running backs in the middle rounds like that, you want them to be more versatile. You want them to catch passes. You know, guys like Kareem Hunt, guys like Chase Edmonds, guys like potentially Ramondre Stevenson, hell, even Cordero Patterson, who's probably going to be catching passes as well um, out of that Atlanta backfield. So you want guys like that. Um, that you can trust in the, in the in the passing game, while also having you know uh, some rushing upside. So yeah, that's yeah that Damien Harris one. That's a that's a really good one. I, I like that one. All right, who you got? All right, so continuing the theme of running backs, um, we'll we'll go back to uh, Kansas City, and this is one of the guys that I've you know want, you know been been we've been talking about you know quite you know on quite a few occasions this off season. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I think this is uh, a pretty obvious one um, for a lot of people. Running, going off the board as the RB twenty-seven ahead of guys like Kareem Hunt, you know, Rashad Penny, Chase Edmonds, and Ramon Ram- J. Stevenson, who we just talked about. Uh, that's you know, that's that's too rich for me. That's the sixth round around the around the sixth seventh round. That's you know, again, that's kind of rich. Um, yeah, out of all the the Chiefs running backs in two thousand twenty-one. You know, CEH averaged the lowest, you know, fantasy points per game of of any Chiefs running backs that's Chiefs Chiefs running back that started. That <laughs> that's that's very very concerning. He's not a goal line threat. Um, last year, you know, Daryl Williams got 14 goal line carries to CEH's two, two a whopping two goal line carries. And so, um, you know, and and they signed they signed Ronald Jones. He's gonna be. He's gonna most likely be the goal line back. He's actually a better inside runner than Ceh, and they resigned Jarek McKinnon. And if you guys remember, Jarek McKinnon was a was was a factor late in the season for that for that Kansas City um, you know uh, r- rushing attack. I mean, he played the majority of the snaps. Like if you look, you know, from weeks eighteen to like week you know to all the way to the AFC Championship game. You know, he dominated the snap share. Um, you know, especially in the playoffs. The playoffs, he had seven. You know, his snap shares were seventy nine percent, seventy percent, seventy nine percent, and averaging around fifteen fantasy points per game and around four catches per game. So he was he was dominating the touches in that backfield with Ceh healthy, and that's you know, and that guy's back. So he's going to probably be catching passes. We just don't know where where Ceh is going to slot in. We just we we have no idea. You know, over the over his first two years, over the first two years of his career, he's only averaged about uh, about a nine percent target share, or maybe less than that. Um, I think last year was eight point six, and his first, you know, his rookie year was was ten point nine percent. And you know, his his zero point seven three yards per route run was was sixty fourth out of sixty eight qualifying running backs last year, and that was actually worse than both of his teammates last year. You know, uh, you know, Darrell Williams and and Jarek McKinnon, much worse than them. So I mean, what where where do we go with with Clyde Edwards Alaire? Like, why are we why are we hoping that he's going to you know turn into we we've just we've basically seen what he is. We've seen what he is. I mean, he's you know a small you know small slow you know running back, not explosive, can't break tackles, can't evade tackles. Uh, I think he's like not even in the top forty in evaded tackles per touch. Um, you know, juke rate his his elusiveness. You know what? What? What is there? What is there to like about Ceh outside of him being in a in a, in a prolific offense? But it it just seems like every year, or each of the last couple of years, he's supposed to be the guy that's you know supposed to lead the backfield, and someone else ends up leading the backfield. 
And so um, we're not falling for that again. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I didn't even fall for it last year. I sure as hell is not falling for, falling for it, falling for it this year. So I, I just think, you know, him, uh, Z H along with Juju, these are these are two of my top fades uh, for the 2022 season. So what are your thoughts? I don't have nothing to add. I don't want any parts of Ceh, man. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what they don't know. They don't even know what they want to do with that backfield. The only thing I know for sure is that that uh, Jarek McKinnon is probably going to be the third down back. Outside of that, I have no clue, and I could be even wrong about that. But I don't want any parts of this backfield, man. So uh, I co-sign everything you said. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? Like th- th- this is not even far fetched. There's a possibility that Jarek McKinnon could possibly lead that backfield. In fantasy points, I mean that's not even that's not you know Jerry McKinnon, the Spark X God, the hundred percentile Spark X score, <laughs> like that got I me. Mean, he he showed some flashes that he still you know he still has some juice left in those legs, and you know again Kansas City trusted him in the playoffs over Clyde edwards alaire so that's that's saying a lot. That is saying a lot. So it definitely I, I is. Yeah, he was so, a mo- he was a monster though uh, in those playoff games though, especially you know, that Pittsburgh you know, game. That Pittsburgh game, yeah, like, I think he had like over 140 you know total yards and uh, a couple of touchdowns. Like you cooked, uh, cooked that yeah. defense. Yeah, and so yeah, I, I'm out. I'm out on CD. Yeah, <laughs> so you know we're we're 30 minutes in, and three of the guys that we're fading collectively are on on the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> Damn, <laughs> <So> <laughs> it, it seems like the only player that we're gonna like on in Kansas City is is Travis Kelsey. And potentially yeah, Sky I mean, Moore a little bit later. Yeah, I mean, I like Pat Mahomes. I'm just not taking him at QB two. I, yeah, I mean, we we, we don't I, we just don't like his ADPs. At, you know, yeah, um, it's more so Mahomes' ADP versus actually liking him as a player. Like we think he's awesome. We think he's the best quarterback in the league, especially the most talented quarterback in the league. But in terms of where he's going, it, it's just we can't we just can't get behind yeah. that. And yeah, I'm avoiding Ceh and Juju, at, you know, at their cost and basically. Wherever, where, when, whenever I'm drafting, I'm, I'm not looking to press the button on either of those guys. So that's yeah, just me. I can't, I can't do it. All right, my next player is the newly acquired Eagles wide receiver AJ Brown. Uh, <gasps> his, his ADP, <laughs> his ADP right now is showing his wide receiver ten on sleeper, which is twenty. What is that? Twenty fifth overall, which is basically the beginning of the third. Uh, that's a super no thanks for me. That's a little <laughs> high for some. That's so much. That's a little high for somebody that's in an offense that has not had a top tour, top twenty-four wide receiver since two thousand seventeen, which was Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, and you cannot forget that we have second-year wide receiver Devontae Smith. We also got Dallas Goddard. Uh, you know, uh, AJ Brown averaged thirty. He was he's finished thirty-first in air yards his 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 uh, his few years in the league so far. Um, you know the the Eagles have the top the top O line per PFF. Uh, they were the number one rushing offense per game last year. I know we are speculating that we, we're expecting them to throw the ball a lot more, but um, you you got an O line that that's pretty much tops it on, in the in run blocking, and I think they were top five in in pass blocking. Um, and somebody like Jalen Hurts, who you know he, he's a Konami code type of quarterback. And generally, these quarterbacks cannot support, you know, a, a bunch of different uh, receiving options. So I'm not sure. I, I mean, yeah, you think a- AJ Brown's the number one, but I don't. Wide receiver ten, like we're talking somebody that's going to what 70, 80 balls over, well over a thousand yards, and like 
double-digit touchdowns on top of having Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard in the rushing attack. I, yeah, I don't I don't know about that one, man. That might be a little rich for me. I like the player, but I, I'm not ta- I can't take him at wide receiver 10. That's that's just me though. So uh what 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 are your thoughts? Yeah, I think to a degree, um to a degree I'm with you. Um because he he is he is relatively, you know, over you know, kind of overvalued, right? I think I think he's you know, he's he's kind of overvalued because we've never seen him finish higher than you know wide receiver twenty. Um, in, in a points per game basis or on a total um, total points basis, but man, AJ Brown, man, when he's on that field, he's fucking awesome. He is, yeah. he is fucking awesome. He's super, super, super efficient. Um, you know, as we mentioned on the last on the last show um, when we um, uh, we had Mike on uh, the Eagles fan, <laughs> um, we we had we had Mike on uh, with us, and we mentioned they you know you know AJ Brown's you know yards per route run has just been just above two point six since year two, career high two point seven two. So his and and that and that yards per route run we keep throwing out is like that's 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 a predictive stat for wide receivers and how how good they are. Um, you know, just look yeah. at the top look at the top guys that are in you know look at the top you know the, the top yards per route run in the league. You know you got Cooper Cup, Stephon Diggs, Jamar Chase. Um, you know, Justin Jefferson, all those guys are near the top in yards per route run and and they produce at a high clip. So um when AJ Brown's on the field, you just the only thing the only thing is is to, you know, his his injury history, he's missed a couple yep. of games, he's dinged up every now and then. But um I, I'm kind of with you on the on the wide receiver 10. It is kind of rich, but at the same time, there is a possibility that Philadelphia kind of dials up more pass attempts this year. Um because last year I know they basically they started out 2021 as being pretty pass heavy. I think they were like the ninth most uh, pass, you know, that they had the ninth highest pass rate or they were in the top 10 in terms of pass rate. And they just completely reverted um, back to basically dead last in pass rate and became the most run heavy team in the league. And you know, again, AJ Brown wasn't on the roster. All they had was Devonta Smith and, and Dallas Goddard, who was kind of in and out of the lineup, but they didn't really have a reliable number two receiver. Uh, you can maybe say Quez Watkins was that guy. And then they kept trying to, get Jalen Rager on the on the on the, on the field uh, because he had first round draft capital but you know most Eagles fans would be able to conclude that it's pretty much over for Jalen Rager um at this point <laughs> in time. So um you know now now and that's part of the reason why they traded for AJ Brown because they need another field stretcher they need another guy that can make some shit happen uh, after the catch. And, and I think yeah. this you know uh, if if you're taking if you're taking a chance on any Eagle I would prefer to take a chance on Jalen Hurts over over AJ Brown, although you know having them stacked in, in best ball tournaments, that would be pretty ideal. That'd be pretty cool, and because the, because that spike week potential is is definitely there. So, um, but yeah, that I I would say he's overvalued um, at wide receiver ten. Um, but man, if they if the Eagles pass the ball a little bit more, I mean he's he's gonna get volume. We 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 know he's gonna get volume because they they didn't just bring him in, they didn't just trade a first round pick just so he can block. Um, trade a first round pick for him just so he can block. Like he's going to yeah. get targeted. He's gonna get. He's gonna get fed. Um, but it just kind of depends on you know, you know how often they pass. You know, hopefully if they they're not going to be the most run heavy team in the league. I don't think that's going to happen. They will run the ball, but maybe if they kind of revert to maybe the middle of the pack league average, uh, just kind of balance things out. Um, I think that I think that'll that that'll 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 suffice. Uh, for AJ Brown, and maybe he can return some. Maybe he'll return. Maybe he'll return value. But I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of with, kind of with you. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, they were, what, 29th in pass plays per game at barely 29 passes per game. Like you said, at the beginning of the season, they, I, I think Jalen, the first four weeks, I think he threw the ball like uh, average like 36, 37 times, but they weren't winning. They weren't winning those games. It wasn't they until – they got smashed by Kansas City, and then they were like, "All right, let's let's go back to what we know." And they just start running the ball a lot. So, hopefully, hopefully we do see the. I mean, I want to see them throw the ball more, but again, I think wide receiver ten it's just a tad bit overvalued in my opinion. So, who you got? Uh, speaking of overvalued, uh, this next next this next guy um, is allegedly the incumbent wa- number one wide receiver in Green Bay. Um, which I don't understand. Uh, Alan Lazard. Alan Lazard, he's been a topic of discussion amongst the fantasy community all offseason long. Got some endorsements uh, from Aaron Rodgers saying he has no no issues or no problems seeing him step into the, the number one wide receiver role um, because he's been, a.k.a. the dirty work guy, and he's going to step in or he's going to be, um, be relied upon as the number one wide receiver. I just think that's BS. I just don't see it with Alan Lazard. Um, he's 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 going off the board as the the, one of the wide receiver thirty nine, and his ADP has gone up over twelve spots over the last month. So since the beginning of June, he's gone up at least twelve spots. So he's rising. He's a riser, and that's like the seventh round. And I can't. I just cannot get behind get behind <laughs> taking him in the seventh round. Like a guy that's, um, you know, and. and you know, the in the Green Bay wide receiver room is ambiguous. Is it, they're they're ambiguous. You know, they you you have Christian Watson, the rookie. You got Randall Cobb, who's you know a Rod's boy, who Aaron Rodgers personally lobbied to, to trade for him last year. Um, and then you got the newly signed Sammy Watkins. And Sammy Watkins, you know, he's he has he has he's probably the most ten the most um, tenured in the league. Um, you know, wide receiver uh, that they have on that roster. Um, and he's, you know, I, I think over the last several years. So if you take since since 2019, so Timmy Watkins played for Kansas City 2019 and 2020, and then played in Baltimore last year. He's actually averaging more yards and more catches um, than Alan Lazard over that span. And we look at Timmy Watkins as as a guy that just can't stay healthy or can't stay on the field. Um, Alan Lazard has his fair share of injury issues as well. He's he hasn't caught more than 40 passes in each season. Um, you know, he's never finished higher than a wide receiver 42 as a fantasy contributor. And we've seen Sammy Watkins have spike weeks. We've seen Sammy Watkins produce. Um, but, you know, Alan Lazard's career high is only 513 yards, which was last year. He did score eight touchdowns, so he was used in the red zone quite a bit. But, you know, that, you know, that type of – on that type of volume where he's like less than 50, uh, less than a 15% target share, um, you know, in, in any given year, yeah, like that's that's just not going to cut it. Um, it. It's it's hard. It's hard to really trust a, a guy with this kind of you know profile as a number one receiver. And now I know he's playing with you know one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play, Aaron Rodgers. But we just have to be careful with the whole vacated targets thing and assuming player X is going to get all those targets because he's the, the most tenured wide receiver on that roster, right? Because that that that's just I feel like that's just a mistake. Um, you know, he's he ranked 81st, 66th, and 72nd in target share over his last three years. So, you know, you, you have to, you know, if you're good enough, you have to demand and command targets. And he hasn't been doing that. Um, even 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 with Devontae Adams on the field on the other side, like another guy would have to emerge 
and and, and command targets. And Alan Lazard wasn't doing that. Um, even even in games where Devontae Adams didn't play, he was only averaging around five targets per game. So he wasn't committing targets without Devontae Adams in the lineup. Uh, he was he finished 80th in a, in wide receiver efficiency, so yards per route run. Um, you know, the last couple of years prior to this year was he was ranked, he ranked 51st and 49th. Um, he's 63rd in beating man coverage. So, <laughs> I mean, there's 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 just like a, a laundry list of things, a laundry list of concerns for Alan Lazard, and I I, I just cannot justify drafting him over guys like Kadarius Tony, who you know we've we've seen you know he, he we've seen him uh, have have a couple of spikes, the spike weeks, especially him having a uh, over two yards per route run with Jamar Chase. Him him and Jamar Chase were the only rookies last year to do that, and that's again to to you know. We've mentioned that that is a very, that's a very predictive stat um, for wide receivers, and we've never seen Alan Lazard come close to that two yards per route run. And he, he's please play with a better quarterback um, than both than both Chase and both um, you know both Chase and uh, Kadarius Tony. And then he say he's going he's also going over guys like you know Christian Kirk, Tyler Lockett, um, the slant guy Michael Thomas. <laughs> who we who we got we got some we got some sort of news um this week about him. And so that ADP is got that ADP is about to start its upward upward trajectory. So those of you that have got him where you got him <laughs> early this offseason, um they're gonna start hopefully they're gonna start reaping the benefits. And then, you know, he's going off he's going um ahead of Chris Olave, Traylon Burks, Sky Moore, and Chase Claypool. All those guys I would take over Allen's are. Like I I just would. You know, I, I there's just, I don't know. Um, there, there's just, there's just too many red flags um, with Alan as being the number one wide receiver, and take and taking him in the seventh round really makes no sense to me. No sense to me whatsoever. So, yeah, that's 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 my next guy. Yeah, I don't have anything to add to your like six minute dissertation on smashing. Uh, Alan Lazard hope for me. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, people but, don't draft, don't draft Alan Lazard. Don't draft Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, those are, those are probably the two biggest wide receiver landmines in fantasy football this year. So don't draft those guys. Sheesh. If there's, if there's, if there's two, if there's one, if there's one piece of advice that I give you that I, I feel fully confident in, it's that don't draft those guys. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Um all right, so my next player is DK Metcalf. Uh, mm. He's going at wide receiver 15 on sleeper ADP, which is mid fourth. Uh for me that's another uh wide receiver I feel is a little overvalued. Um uh, we did see him uh finish this past season 25th in yards and rece- and re- uh receptions. Uh, we saw him fifth in touchdowns, which accounted for 29% of his all his fantasy points, which was uh, third highest percentage for wide receivers this past season. Uh, we know how bad their O line is. PFF hasn't rated the worst, the worst line uh, offensive line group coming into the season. Uh, and then now he has he has Drew Luck, Drew Lock, or Geno Smith throwing him the ball, which is way worse than than Russell Wilson. And then on top of that, uh, last year they were last in in plays per game. Uh, and we know they're going to be slow again. They want. They said they want to establish the run. You know, team establish it with 
Mr. Mr. Establish It himself, Pete Carroll. Oh uh, <laughs> the three the three games, like even the three games that we saw without Russ last year, we saw DK. Uh, he had uh, almost two less uh, targets per game. He had about the same amount of receptions. Uh, he had uh, one yard more re- in receiving yards, and then he averaged a touchdown per game. Uh, and then his target share was at 25% instead of 24%. So, I mean, that was Geno Smith playing. So it could it could work out for him. But at wide receiver 15, mid-fourth, I don't think I want to trust. I don't think I want to use a draft pick on, on a Geno Smith wide receiver. Uh, we, we've seen through his minimal time of starting that um, he doesn't really get your wide receiver the protection that you need uh, for fantasy. So... I am out on on DK at, at wide receiver fifteen. Wide receiver fifteen. Wow, that that is that is rich. That is rich as hell. <laughs> yeah, you got you got players like Jalen Waddle, uh, DJ Moore, uh, Michael Pittman. Like I'm, I'm taking all those guys before before DK man. Like I don't I don't trust anything that's going on in Seattle. That offense is going to be poor, very poor. Vegas got them what at what five wins maybe for the season. So I'm good. I'm good on bad offenses, man. And that's a bad offense. And you got a wide receiver going mid fourth round with a bad, very bad quarterback. I'll, I'll pass. Yeah, investing in bad offenses that early. Um, yeah, I mean I, we know DK DK Metcalf is super talented, man. But yeah, that's that's uh, that's that's a concern for me. So oh, yeah. so here's a, here's a, here's an interesting dichotomy. How about this? Uh, would you take Cortland Sutton over DK Metcalf? Cortland yes. Sutton is going about, about yes. six, six. Okay. Yes. Well, yes. Yep. <laughs> no question. <laughs> Mike Williams, DK Metcalf. Give me Mike Williams. Okay. Uh, Mari Cooper, DK Metcalf. <sighs> Damn. That, that might be. Might be where you draw the line, huh? Yeah. Because, I mean, I don't even like Brissett like that. Oh Jesus! Yeah, so it seems like we get a new um, we get a new timeline on Deshaun Watson's suspension every every day. It seems so. He, we get eight games here. We get two to, between two and eight. Then we get eight. Then we get a year. Then we get six. Then whatever the case is. So yeah, you'll be playing most of the season with Jacoby Brissett. So yeah, that that would be that would be an interesting one. And then last, Mar- Marquise Brown or DK Metcalf. Give me Marquise. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I get it, man. I get it. It's 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 concerning to, for him to, you know, it's it's you know he may he may like end up having some spike weeks here and there, and but the the variance and the volatility is just going to be super high, and not enough for me to trust, especially being drafted as you know the forty, basically the forty fourth overall player. I, I just I, I I can't get behind that. I can't do I can't do that, man. Damn, that's rich. You're you're basically putting you putting your money on on DK. Well, you person basically putting your money on Geno Smith or Drew Locke, and I. Mm-mm. <laughs> mm-mm. Yeah. And they didn't even let Russ cook. So what, what makes you think they're gonna let one of them guys cook? Yeah, so exactly. I'll pass. And then on top of that, DK is looking to get paid. I don't know. Ugh, it's just it's a mess. I don't want to be a part of it in in the mid 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 fourth round. So. Yeah. No, I get that. I get it. Well, the next guy that I have uh, is another wide receiver, and it it actually it actually has to do with uh, DK Metcalf's old quarterback, 
uh, well, it has, it has a little had a little something to do with you know uh, DK Metcalf's old quarterback, Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy's new quarterback mm. is Russell Wilson, but um, Jerry Judy's the guy that I chose as a guy that I'm avoiding in most drafts, just simply because we 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 haven't really seen him um, you know produce so far so far in the NFL. We haven't really seen him produce, and I would definitely and I'm all in on his teammate Cortland Sutton. I would prefer to take Cortland Sutton over him. Now, in underdog, according to underdog, Cortland Sutton going ahead of Jerry Judy. You know, he's wide receiver 17 versus Jerry Judy, wide receiver 22. Um, that's rich. <laughs> 20, wide receiver 22 is rich. But then you got Jerry Judy going ahead of Cortland Sutton, a couple of spots. So his ADP is 51st overall. And then you have Cortland Sutton at 53rd overall sleeper. 53rd overall sleeper. So, um, you know, for, for some reason, sleeper, you know, their ADP, they're valuing Jerry Judy ahead of Cortland Sutton. Um, I, don't, I don't get that at all. Um, I think... Jerry Judy has only one career game of over 20 fantasy points. That's that's concerning. Uh, it's concerning. He didn't score any touchdowns last year, so 38 catches, 467 yards, no touchdowns. Um, he was, he, you know, his uh, his fantasy points per target was 1.53, and that was 76th in the NFL. And his his fantasy points per route run was only 0.37, and that was 53rd. You know, we could talk that up to having you know shitty quarterback play with Teddy Bridgewater. Um, you know, he, he was not able to elevate that Broncos, you know, passing attack to where they should have been. Um, they should have been a lot better, uh, especially with three talented wide receivers, but, um, he, for, you know, for whatever reason, wasn't able to, to, to elevate them. Um, but yeah, but Jerry Judy, I, I, I would prefer Cortland Sutton over him because we've seen Cortland Sutton produce as, as a number one alpha, um, before he dominated, you know, target share, snap share, um, air yard share. Um, in 2019, with Drew Locke throwing in passes and and, and pop flies, because I think I think he finished, <laughs> I think he finished top three, top three in uh in in most unrealized air yards that year, and so there was a lot there was a lot of meat on the bone uh, even that year where Cortland Sutton broke out, so we haven't seen Jerry Judy break out yet. Um, now Russell Wilson comes comes to town, he's gonna obviously. I mean the you know the the hope is that they. They're both elevated. They're both elevated. That entire offense elevates. Um, so, uh, but in terms of you know the, the archetype of wide receiver that Russell Wilson um, likes, um, I, I would prefer you know I think he would I think he would mesh better with Cortland Sutton because we've seen him um, do it before. And so I, yeah. I'm, I'm staying away from Jerry Judy in the in the fifth round, and I would target Cortland Sutton um, over him. Yeah, um, it sucks that we went through this exercise and we agreed pretty much on on all your, on all of ours. Um, uh, yeah. So, but I do agree in terms of uh, seeing where Jared Judy is going in uh, in front of Sutton for sleeper ADP, which is I think is weird because I also prefer Sutton over Judy because we haven't seen it with Judy and we've seen Sutton do it well as a quarterback, um, and then plus on top of that. Uh, they're going a couple spots between each other. Like Judy's in front of him by like a couple spots. I'd rather take the one that's a little bit cheaper, in my opinion. The guy that's the the bigger guy, um, so he'll potentially be the more targeted player in the end zone. Um, I just like I like Sutton's profile a little bit better than than Jerry Judy's because it looks like um, we've been hearing things where and seeing where they they use Judy solely in the slot, which is weird for somebody that can you know. 
that gets target separation. That's one thing that that Judy's always been able to do since he's been in the league is separate from from yeah. the person that's de- defending him. So uh, for me, I would prefer. Uh, hopefully, this new staff puts him in the out, puts him outside, and you put put Patrick in the slot. Uh, but um, again, like I like I've said at the beginning, I prefer I would prefer Sutton over over Judy for sure. Um, for you, would you would you draft Marquise Marquise Brown over Judy? Uh, I'm not uh, like early in the off season. I was I was a little bit higher on Marquise Brown, but now I'm kind of like souring because there's there's just guys in that range that I would kind of prefer to take over okay. Marquise Brown, like Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson, I love this year. I would take him yeah. over Judy and over Marquise Brown. Brandon okay. Cooks, I'd probably take over Marquise Brown, and I'd probably take him over Judy as well um, because okay. he's the number one. We've seen him be good before, and he produces everywhere he's been, despite being traded 50, 11 times. So, um, you know, Amon Ross and Brown, Darnell Mooney, those guys, I would take over Judy. I would take over Marquise Brown. So um, these are and Mike Williams as well. Mike Williams, who we just talked about. Mike Williams is actually the guy that's going between. Oh, uh, <laughs> well, actually, he's going he's going like right after Sutton. So but no, I would yeah. take I would take I would take Sutton over Mike, but Mike over Judy. So, OK. Um, OK. Yeah. But that's just a little okay. bit to my thinking. OK. I, and I, I mean, I pretty much agree with you. I don't know if I would take. I'm, I don't know. I, for some reason, I feel a little hesitant about I'm taking Amara over over Judy. But just a side note, we've never seen Russell Wilson support two thousand yard wide receivers. So no, no, I think it, we did because he did. He did it with Metcalf and uh, Lockett. He's, he's done it with Metcalf and Lockett. Yeah, I think he did it in twenty twenty. Remember, he had really? the, he had the forty touchdowns, and uh, if I I go back and look. Tyler, twenty twenty. Yeah, we can go back. Yeah, really I know. Quick. Met, I know Metcalf. I know Metcalf had uh, twelve or thirteen hundred yards, but I don't know about about Lockett that season. Let's see. Twenty twenty. Well, twenty twenty one, he had over eleven hundred. Twenty twenty, he had caught a, he caught a hundred passes, over a thousand yards, and ten touchdowns. Okay. Okay. So he has in twenty twenty then, because Metcalf yeah. in twenty twenty one, he did not break a thousand yards. So okay. So yeah. yeah. So there's potentially Russ Wilson could could um, could support too. So we'll see. Um, but I think that's the line for me that Amaran versus versus Judy because of I think the Broncos offense should be a little bit better, uh, but. Again, we'll, I mean, we'll see when, whenever the time comes. So, uh, but my last player that I want to touch on, um, players I wanted to avoid, and this player I also want to avoid due to the ADP is Mark Andrews. Uh, we did mm. see him break, break Travis Kelsey's streak of, uh, tight end ones finishes, uh, this past season. Uh, we did see Baltimore. They ran the most plays per game at 70 per, uh, teamrankings.com. Um, you know, they were ninth in pass attempts per game this past season. Uh, pretty much every other year since since Lamar has been quarterback, uh, they've never finished above 17. They were t- 32nd last year. They were 29th in 2019. They were 17th in 2018. So uh, all these things are added up because of the amount of all the running backs were hurt before the, the first the first game was even played. So they had obviously they had to throw the ball a little bit more because they weren't going to trust whoever they had back there that just a bunch of Jags, uh, mm-hmm. their defense had like, they, were, they had like 12, 13 players out for the season due to like 20 ACLs or just gone. So their defense wasn't good. They were last in pass yards allowed per game this past season. And they were top five, 2018 to 2020, they were top five in pass, pass yards allowed. So this just allowed, that just should tell you like 
how bad, how badly set up Baltimore was this past season. Um, yeah. For for my Andrews specifically, we saw his targets jump fifty seven percent from two thousand twenty to two thousand twenty one, and then fifty seven percent in terms of yards throughout the same span, which is. A cra- I mean, I don't think we've ever seen any a jump like that for uh, for a tight end um, ever or in recent memory, at least. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, going all through this and and seeing going through the data a little bit, uh, data says that he'll probably finish uh, in the tie tight end one area due to, you know, projection of how many uh, yards he's going to have targets due to due to the, you know, the last of, lack of par- passing targets that Baltimore has. I mean, outside of him and Bateman, there's really yeah. no one else, but I don't think he's going to finish the top two, uh, finish the top two uh, tight end. Uh, since 2009, there's only been two tight ends that have repeated at least 1100 yard uh, recept- uh, receiving seasons. Uh, mm-hmm. Gronk did it in 2014, 2015, and then Kelsey did it 2018 through 2021. Uh, but we know how much of a monster uh, Kelsey is. So, and those two, and those two uh, uh, tight ends, they finished at tight end one or tight end two at the end of the season uh, when they repeated those. So, uh, my guess would be that he doesn't repeat uh, the crazy season that he had this year. Uh, but he should have a good season just based on sheer numbers of, you know, based on the targets. There's. I mean, where the targets are going to go to besides him and Bateman. So, but I do not think he's going to fin- he's not going to finish top two. So, I think tight end two, seventeenth overall is a little little overvalued in my opinion. So, what do you what do you think about that? Yeah, and I and I love like Andrews as a player, but seventeenth overall, um, you know, there's guys in that range. Like I would I would prefer to take like Saquon Barkley, you know, Aaron Jones. Um, I would even take a stab at uh, maybe even Josh Allen um, at that spot. If I was going to go, if I was going to draft a quarterback early, he would be the only guy that I would draft early and hope, you know, and should he fall, um, you know, CeeDee Lamb is going a pick before him, uh, you know, and, and depending on what draft you're in, he may go a pick after him. I would take CeeDee Lamb over Mark Andrews. Like there's just, there's just guys in that range that I would, I would prefer um, because if you take a tight end that early, you're basically betting that he's going to repeat what he did last year: over 100 catches, nearly 1,400 yards, nearly double-digit touchdowns. Um, and if you have confidence that he's going to do that, go ahead with your bad self, take him, <laughs> take him where you want to take him. But um, I, I just can't bet on outliers. Um, I can't bet on that that type of volume repeating, especially the setup around the Ravens is going to be much improved. I mean, 2022, like you said, they, you know, their defense just kept. They, they kept hemorrhaging and, you know, they were a pass funnel all season long because of all the injuries yeah. that they had, you know, Marcus Peters tore his ACL in training camp. Um, and that just started a, a domino effect of defenders on IR um, for the Ravens. Yeah. And so, um, you know, with a much improved, you know, uh, you know passing attack or, or, or sorry, a much improved just overall situation for the Ravens and they won't be tra- trailing as many games and be forced to pass as many, pass in as many games. Um, I think, you know, overall that that's just, that's just going to come down um, for, for Mark Andrews. So I, I'm, I'm with you there, but there's just guys that I prefer in that range over, you know, over, over Andrews. Yep. Yep. Um, and that's, I mean, that's pretty much it for, you know, for this episode of players that we're looking to avoid, um, again, hopefully y'all look at some of these players that we named and hopefully it was, 
we're only just giving out the information. We're not telling you not to do or do do it, but just keep outside it mind. Of, like, outside hey, of Alan Lazar and Juju. Don't <laughs> yes. <laughs> outside of those two, uh, <laughs> no, this is just good information to get out there. You know, just to, you know, when you're in your drafts and you're weighing between a couple of players and one of these players pop up, like just be, just be aware of the surroundings around them, the potential, the potential of them being overvalued and you're not getting the return that you're looking for when you, when you draft them. So, and, um, and then, and then another note about just, just guys like in that, in that range, like in the sixth, seventh round range that have, that have brand equity, that have name recognition. Like you see Juju's name, people want to be like, Oh man, Juju's going this late. I'm going to draft him. But you, you have to kind of, you know, peel back the layers and zoom out a little bit and understand why he's going that late and going in that range and just, you know, just make sure you do your homework, make sure you do your research, make sure you do the EDU, you know, and, <laughs> and, and, and look at the player that he has been over the last couple of years as opposed to the player that he was um, in, 20, in 2018 where, you know, he's – that's basically why his name recognition or his name value is where it's at right now. Um, but just don't get sucked into that. Just don't get sucked into any of that stuff. So just yeah. to kind of be mindful, stick to your board. Um, and make sure you you do the proper research um, before you're drafting some of these guys. Yep, yep. Um, hopefully, y'all enjoyed the content. Please go to destination destination Devi Radio. Check out all the things that we uh, all the the creators that we have going on over there uh, with us. You got 4D Chess talking Dynasty baseball. Uh, we got a new a new pod that, that just launched with uh, America's Game with uh, Eric and uh, and Scott Connor. Uh, they're they're talking strategy and and roster building constructions things of that nature so please check them out it was a really good first episode that they have out please check them out as they uh you know they continue to drop uh content um you know obviously we got jay rich and and uh and uh, ray g uh dropping dropping stuff every monday wednesday friday with uh with wake up show so you know please please you know support us as we you know get ready to get gear up for the season Ike, you got anything before we get up out of here? Yeah, no. Nah, um, you know, this this is a dope episode. Um, and then next week we're gonna we're gonna flip we're gonna flip it over and, and do uh, players we want to target, players that we like in drafts um, that we that you that you're gonna see on a ton of our rosters. Um, and then we'll we'll definitely uh, share share these uh, share these with you um, as we do them. Uh, but follow Gene on Twitter at Fantasy Genes. Follow me on Twitter at Just underscore Ico Nine. And then follow the official Twitter handle at Off the Line FF. And, you know, anywhere you get your podcast, like Gene said, we're on the Destination Devi, um, Destination Devi, Destination Devi Radio Network. You know, like, subscribe, rate, review, um, you know, drop drop some comments. Is there anything you want to see um, from us, you know, from, uh, you know, just anything that we need to improve on, any kind of feedback you have for us, we welcome it. Um, please feel free to do to do so. Yep. On that note, we will talk to y'all next week. Y'all be safe. Peace. Peace.